This podcast is brought to you by FanshareSports.com, a website that compiles and curates the weekly recommendations of daily fantasy industry experts for you to gauge which players will be the most popular and which players are going overlooked. Head on over to FanshareSports.com and check it out. Welcome to the Ride In DFS podcast for week 10. Going to talk the NFL slate, mostly on DraftKings, uh, some GPP plays too, along with our cash breakdown. Uh, a week 9 review wasn't a great week, wasn't a terrible week. I'm not going to call it uh, a profitable week because I did not uh, win more than 50 eight percent of my head-to-heads and that's that's kind of my barometer um to make it a profitable week and I obviously didn't cash in double ups then if, if that was the case um had a few tournament hits because I like to hedge in tournaments and that kind of thing works out usually when my cash game when my cash team doesn't but Kyle Rudolph in short um not going to recap every uh single player it's on my I put it on my Twitter uh, usually Sunday night or Monday, my thought process and what went into the team. Basically paying down for Kyle Rudolph and getting off O.J. Howard just screwed everything up. Um, the salary that it allowed me to get up to other players, and then those other players didn't do as well as the players I moved off of, and obviously Rudolph didn't do as well as Howard, so it was just bad news all around. Um, a so-so week. Uh, so 6-3, and three, we'll call it. Um, I could probably put a put a one there. I could probably say I'm six two and one, but in the interest of fairness, I'm not going to call it a winning week. Six and three on the year, still grinding out a pretty good profit. Um, the first four weeks of the year were just smashes, um, probably because there's a lot of fish still floating around uh, in the DK and FanDuel waters on weeks one through four before they lose their entire bankroll. So. Uh, we did see a huge return weeks one through four, and then since then it's been up and down for sure. Let's get a W in week ten though uh, at quarterback. This this week at quarterbacks the not the trickiest week, but it's the week it's a week where literally every single signal caller has a hole that you can poke in their game. Um, at, at every price range, there isn't just a slam dunk. Like last week, I thought Cam was a slam dunk. Last week, I thought Goff was a slam dunk. Uh, this week, I mean, Mahomes is obviously always has 25-point upside. The issue with him is that the Cardinals are a run funnel. They're way, they give up way more yards on the ground than they do through the air. They're actually a pretty good pass defense. So could see that kind of turn into a Kareem hunt game um Rogers is uh, he's decent at Lambeau obviously but at his salary kind of halfway in between Mahomes and then the guys just under 6k um you're paying up a little bit for Rogers and same thing with Miami they give up a ton of work on the ground I could see it turning into an Aaron Jones game a little bit there uh and then you got a couple of guys like that I, I actually usually like on a week-to-week basis. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Is he on a short lease? Is he not on a short leash? Um, I don't think so, but you never know. And the Redskins' pass defense 
isn't terrible. They've played great aside from last week when Atlanta dismantled them. So you could see them bouncing back and playing good defense against Fitzpatrick. Um, Mitch Trubitsky killing it aside from last week when they had to travel to Buffalo. Um, and obviously that's a bad matchup for him. It's a tough matchup in Buffalo. Not surprised he didn't do too well. But this week, again, all these quarterbacks are in spots where the run defense is the weakness of the team. Detroit's run defense, not good. Their pass defense, a little bit better than that. Obviously, Detroit plays really slow as well. They're kind of they're, they're kind of trying to turn into a ground and pound and then take a couple deep shots type team. And that doesn't bode well for Trubitsky, despite the fact that he is at home. Um, Andy Dalton's without A.J. Green. So there's just questions all over the place here. Drew Brees is in a 1 o'clock game on the road in the northern, above the Mason-Dixon line. Um, so that's usually doesn't bode well for him. So it's just not the best circumstances all around. For these quarterbacks, there isn't one that just has a smash spot. Um, I'm, I'll rank them Fitzpatrick, Goff, and I think Phillip Rivers is actually going to make some cash considerations for me for the first time this year. He's the only player in the league that's thrown multiple touchdown passes in every game. The Raiders have the worst adjusted sack rate in the league, so he's going to have time to pick them apart, and they should dominate the game. So I could see Rivers hitting that 20 to 25-point mark pretty easy, uh, but I still do like Fitz and Goff ahead of him. Um, obviously, Mahomes' raw points is ahead of all of them um, as far as a projection goes. However, it's just going to be tough to pay up a 1000 more, 1500 more than all those guys I just mentioned for Mahomes. But if you can get there, you can get there. That's great. He's a, he's a beast. Um, at running back, I think the decision, the toughest decision this week is going to obviously be which of the four stud running backs you are going to slot into your roster. Um, I think at 8,500, Kareem Hunt is probably my favorite. Um, I think the game script's going to be good. They're 17-point home favorites. Like I said, the Cardinals' run defense has been getting gashed this year, and their pass defense has actually been shutting some teams down. So I think we could see a Kareem Hunt-heavy game approach uh, as far as play calling goes from Andy Reid, I really like Kareem Hunt this week. Uh, I think Alvin Kamara, I mean, I would never say don't play him, but his salary is up to that high 8K. There's always the issue of Mark Ingram lurking because they're pretty much equal in touch share. Now, Kamara gets a lot of the more important touches. I'll say that. Third down, he gets the pass attempts. Um, the targets, I should say. Uh, goal line, he's been in a lot more than Ingram. Um, but I think, like uh, as I mentioned with Breeze, the road game above the Mason-Dixon line, cold. Not sure the Saints offense is going to kill it like they normally do. And I just think that Kamara probably has the most holes in his game this week. Uh, Melvin Gordon, great play. Raiders are terrible. They, I think they gave up the most yards on the ground to running backs, so that bodes well for Melvin Gordon. And then, obviously, Todd Gurley's 
always in play. He's only 400 more than Melvin Gordon this week. If you can get up to him, I strongly recommend it. I will probably try to. Um, if the, if I love a team and I only have 9K left, I, I don't see an issue pivoting to, to Melvin Gordon. I don't think their final fantasy point count will be much different. Um, but I mean, and the matchup doesn't scare me either. Gurley scored three touchdowns against the Seahawks earlier this year, so that's not an issue. Plus, they're home, uh, and they might be a little agitated from that loss in New Orleans. So I could see Gurley really having a big game. So I would probably rank them in terms of point per dollar. Hunt Gurley, Gordon Kamara. Um, I'm probably going to get Kareem Hunt in my lineup. And here's the thing with Kareem Hunt. Um, Mahomes and that passing attack uh, is so explosive that there's there's going to be a game where he has 15 carries for 70 yards, four catches for 20 yards, and doesn't get in the box. And that's going to happen. I don't know when, uh, but he he still this week he definitely has a ton of touchdown equity uh, based on their implied point total of 33 points, and the spread is really what helps him out at uh, their their two and a half touchdown favorites, so that kind of implies that he should get a ton of carries this week in the second half. Uh, I'm pretty much skipping the mid-range altogether at running back. Um, there are some guys in there that I like for tournament pivots, um, Marlon Mack, David Johnson, but I just don't think that they're cash game viable. I'd rather either pay up for one of those four studs or pay down for Deion Lewis at 4,600 gets a revenge game against the Patriots. The last two weeks he's had, uh, an, he's averaged over 20 touches and over 20 fantasy points. They're kind of getting him more involved uh, between the 20s and even at the goal line. They're throwing him screens and stuff. Mark Ingram did score the one-yard touchdown. Or, I'm sorry, Derrick Henry. Confusing my Crimson Tide running backs there. Uh, Derrick Henry did get in the box last week, but I don't think that's really something to be afraid of the the touch share for Lewis has just been really good the last two weeks and the game script should be good for Lewis as well I, I imagine the Patriots will be leading into the second half fourth quarter we could probably see extra targets for Lewis he's my favorite running back under 5k uh, Duke Johnson benefited greatly from Freddie Kitchen Freddie Kitchen's calling the plays this week uh, the game script should be there again for Duke Johnson, the only thing he is game, game script dependent if somehow the, the Browns are neck and neck or have, have a lead against the Falcons, he probably won't be in the game a ton. Uh, his work share will probably be split there. But if it goes as many expect, Falcons have at least somewhat of a lead in the fourth quarter, then Duke Johnson should be in line for his normal touch share, but he is a little bit of a thin play because he's not going to get many carries, if any at all, because they are really using Nick Chubb to pound the ball. Um, and lastly, if Chris Carson misses, I can see playing Mike Davis. Um, I really, uh, if you're playing more than one value running back, because I just, I think Deion Lewis is just a better play um, than Mike Davis. So basically, if you're playing two value running backs in cash, then I then then I could see playing Davis, but I wouldn't play Davis over Deion Lewis. I think Deion Lewis is pretty smash play this week. 
Uh, and those are that's really it for for running back. I'm gonna decide between two of those top studs when I construct my lineup, and then probably Deion Lewis uh, or Mike Davis or Duke Johnson at the bottom. Um, right now, leaning obviously Deion Lewis at wide receiver. I think the most popular play and the quote unquote uh, best point per dollar play will be Marquez Valdez Scantling. Obviously, Geronimo Allison's on the IR. Uh, he's only 5K. He and Rodgers seem to have developed a rapport. He's either scored a touchdown or gone over 100 yards in his last four games. So I think that is going to be the top play at wide receiver, at least from an ownership perspective. Um, he's not getting a, a ton of volume, so it's definitely a play that we can see failing, that I can see failing. Um, but in a week where there isn't a ton of value, I think he is definitely in consideration. As far as wide receivers less expensive than Valdez Scantling, I think we have to take a look at three of them. Um, Adam Humphreys has been in the game more often uh, than Chris Godwin, more often than Deshaun Jackson. He's getting higher snaps. And the last three weeks, he's almost had 10 targets in every game. He's only 3,900 on DraftKings. I think he makes a pretty easy play. Um, obviously, another play we could see failing. Adam Humphreys is not a lock for any fantasy points. But in a week where value is scarce, I do like Adam Humphreys at 3,900. Also, I've seen some buzz about Anthony Miller. Not a huge fan of that play. Maybe if Taylor Gabriel sits, I can see it. Um, but like I said, with Trubisky... The pace is going to be slow in that game, I think. I don't know if there's going to be a ton of plays run. He might be able to bail us out with a touchdown um, if you're looking to spend down at multiple wide receivers under 4K this week. Uh, then I think at the top, I don't know if we can jam in two running backs and a high-priced wide receiver, but if you try, obviously Michael Thomas um, is probably the best stud wide receiver on the slate. Tyler Boyd, a lot of people are going to have trouble jamming in a wide receiver named Tyler Boyd at 75K, just not used to it. He is per, he's perennial, perennially last year uh, a 3K guy, like a 3-8, 4K wide receiver. Now he's 7,500, very expensive. But obviously A.J. Green's not around. Hopefully Bill Lazor leaves him in the slot, moves him around the formation, because um, he's definitely a more productive receiver when he is uh, moved around the formation and used out of the slot. From there, uh, it gets kind of dicey. Uh, so I, you pretty much just heard my wide receiver pool. Uh, I think in the mid-tiers, I've uh, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones are definitely doable. Not really sure what happened there. Kind of a cutout from my first segment. So that was like a weird edit there. Uh, obviously just stopped talking as I was talking about the Detroit receivers. Um, phone kind of reset. I have it plugged in through my car. So sometimes, I don't know, something happens with the sound system. It just resets and things go haywire. Um, 
So to pick up from there, yeah, the, the Lions receivers are definitely in play, but I think I would rather uh, pay up a little bit for the Rams receivers. Cup Woods for sure have a higher floor than Jones and Galladay. Obviously, Galladay's floor is, is very minuscule at this point. Um, but Jones looked pretty good last week, got eight targets, looked like a number one receiver that they're trying to get the ball to. I wouldn't mind plugging him in my lineup again this week. And then obviously Maurice Harris, if you want another cheap play, him, he, Humphreys, and um, Anthony Miller are kind of who I'm going to decide between at that low end. I really think that Humphreys is probably going to end up being the best play of the two. Um, tight end is tough this week as well. Uh, Jack Doyle and David Njoku are probably going to be the guys I decide between. There's really no one under 4K that I love. And then I really don't want to pay more than 4500 for someone like O.J. Howard. Um, I guess Travis Kelsey's in play again this week. Um, Gronk, not really. I mean, I really don't want to pay up for all these high-priced tight ends in cash when I can get uh, a, more of a guaranteed floor from some of the stud running backs and middle tier wide receivers. Um, So I'm really going to try to get Doyle or Njoku in my lineup, I think. Um, Njoku bounced back back last week. Game script should be in his favor as well. Uh, At defense, there's uh, a slew of defenses I like. I think the Jets are a safe bet. The Chiefs are a pretty good bet. Rosen in Arrowhead, that probably will spell turnover city. Uh, And then I also like the Packers with the Dolphins coming to the frozen tundra. So that'll do it. Kind of cutting it short here. Got to work quicker than I expected. About to go teach some math. Core four for this week, really tough. Really tough for the core four this week. I'm going to say Kareem Hunt. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm going to leave it at three. I just, I don't have, I don't want to be dishonest and give you a fourth guy that I'm definitely going to get in my cash game lineups this week. At this point, those are the three that I feel the strongest about. So core three this week uh, on the Ride In podcast. Hopefully everybody cashes in week 10. See you in week 11. Thank you.